Thanks for joining us for the Long Island Sound Podcast. Each week we explore new music and dive deeper with the artists and their stories behind the music. Please subscribe and rate and review us wherever you stream this podcast. Here's your host, Steve Yusko. I have an unbelievable episode with you today. My guest is Tyler Ransom. And let me tell you, this is a come from behind story where music literally saved Tyler's life. And what a guitarist he is. It's a mix of jazz and fusion and rock and roll. He's a young man with a really bright future and a great story and a documentary as well. So if you're interested in these come behind stories, you've come to the right place. Check it out. Yusko from the Long Island Sound Podcast, obviously. I'm really excited about today's guest, Tyler Ransom. It's a really great story behind music, how it heals the world, and how it can be used as a vehicle to overcome difficulties in life. And Tyler will get into that. He's a singer-songwriter, a guitarist with a, a steeped background in jazz, blues, rock and roll. We'll get into his music. I think you're really going to enjoy it. And I want to welcome... Tyler Ransom to the Long Island Sound. Welcome, Tyler. Good to have you, brother. 
Hey, Steve. Thank you for such a kind introduction. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> I know. Now you got to live. Up, now you got to live up to it, man. So uh, you know, bring it on yeah, home. You know. Sort of so you're. So you said. Uh, <laughs> so you're. Uh, you're still. You're going to schools uh, still. Tell us a little bit about that, and uh, and, and uh, then we'll get into your story. And then there's a film about you too, which is kind of cool. I didn't get to see it, but I heard about it called In the Shed. Which uh, we can tie a lot of phrases to that. So tell us about school. What are you doing in school? Where are you going? Yeah, so I go to the new school here in Manhattan, New York. I'm a third year. I'm a double major in jazz performance and literature. So that's it's oh, pretty crazy. I play guitar in the morning. Then in the afternoon, I go and study Shakespeare. You know, it's a it's a really lovely thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get to practice my writing and my shedding. So it's two in one and. You know, I just, I really love it, and it's beautiful to be in a place that, that supports my passion. And you know what it brings to mind is, uh, I'll never forget my guitar teacher says, you know, you got to go woodshed that. And I'm like, what, what, do, you, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> it, it was just more of a friendly term than practice, practice, practice. So, um, right. so, how, so you throw in every morning, you're, you're grabbing your axe and, and practicing? Every morning I, I grab my axe, and then I go on the subway with my case and everything. And I just, I shed, sorry, I practice, I would shed (laughs) for about, you know, three hours, three hours in the morning, three hours in the afternoon, three hours at night. Really? Yeah, it's, um, it's a lot. It's a lot of work, but it makes me happy. That's good. And then you throw school on top of that. So uh, I'm sure you got to, thank you for giving me the time to do the podcast, uh, you know. No, it's so exciting. I I love talking to to people about music. Uh, I just love connecting with people. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, absolutely. And the one thing about music that always grabbed me, it's one of those common denominators that no matter where we are in this great divide of the country, unfortunately, music can kind of really get us together, you know, and bring us back into community, especially after uh, quarantine. You know, there's a hunger for, hey, just being out and experiencing live music with people, you know, and that's that's one of the things that I'll, I'll speak the gospel of, Hey, you know what? You can see somebody on social media for 30 seconds and go, wow, that guy can really do it. You got to see him live because it's a total different experience, especially the interaction with the crowd. So let me ask you this. When, when did you first get the inkling of, hey, I want to do this or I can do this? And, and when did it kind of hit you um, that this is going to be your profession? You know, well, when I was in middle school, um, I was in jazz band and I played saxophone. And, okay. and I was I was into it, but you know I wasn't like oh I'm gonna do this. It was just something that was that was more so a hobby rather than a passion. Right. And then come about eighth grade, I have my big afro because I didn't like going to get my hair cut. Someone <laughs> called me Jimi Hendrix, and I was like, what? What is that? I came across <laughs> YouTube, and I came across a video of his performance where he smashes his guitar and lights it on fire, and. <laughs> It was it was crazy to me because all I've known at this time is just you know smooth jazz, Miles Davis kind of blue type of thing. So to hear this was like, you can do this. This is allowed, <laughs> right? And the following week, you know, I was like, Mom, Dad, please let me let me get a guitar. And you know, they they gave me a beat up Fender acoustic from Craigslist. Okay. Nice. And I remember the first time I held it, I was like okay so this is what i'm supposed to do like i understand now it was it was one of those instantaneous connections you know i couldn't 
get out of my hands. If you ask my dad, it was like that first year of me playing guitar. I just locked myself in my room and just every day I was like, how do I know the ins and outs of this? Right. Yeah, that, that's, you know what I find so interesting yeah, about cool to me, and I'm curious about yeah. this with you, is understanding the neck and the tonal qualities and all that. It's still a, it's still a mystery to me of how notes are are placed and you know the different methods to do to do things to to get and understand it. Was it difficult for you? Did you know? Obviously, you got obsessed with it, right? You know, this is where I, <laughs> I am. Did. And and so, how did you feed that obsession with learning the instrument? I guess does that make sense? Yeah, of course. I think because I started only knowing jazz, so when I went straight into Jimi Hendrix, that sort of branched out to just all these different guitars that I've never heard of because I was so fresh to it. So right. I was just listening every day and picking up on things I was listening to. And that really helped my understanding. So I think my parents thought that after a year, this would like this would die down. <laughs> it's just a phase. <laughs> it was just a phase right. because they were very stubborn. They were like, uh, let's, not, let's not give you lessons yet. You know, like that's a big commitment. You right. have to earn it. So okay. I think after that whole year of shedding, and they were like, oh my God, like he's not gonna stop. <laughs> they sort of had to give in. Um, and I had about one teacher for about six months until I, I found um, a guitar teacher in, in the area where my dad goes to, to get coffee. And okay. his name is Mr. Kim, and I really have a connection with him, and I was on and off with him for about three to four years. Okay, wow. Other than that, it was really just just myself. Oh wow! You know, when you have that desire, you, you you'll pull you'll pull things together. But it's also interesting. I mean, I think about the teachers and professors that I've had in, in my life, and the ones that influenced me, that made me love to learn. You know, and I, I think I think that's the key. If they have a love for it, I still remember my piano teacher, lovely lady, Mrs. Wallace. But I, we just didn't connect, maybe because I wasn't focused. You know, shout out Miss Wallace. Yeah, she's somewhere. Yeah, I'm sure way past. But um, and she had patience, so uh, I'll give her that. You know, and, and you know what? The other thing I'm learning, too, in interviewing a lot of artists is they're teachers as well. You know, they take their craft and they're, they're teaching other people, um, you know, how to do it, which is, I, I think, just wonderful. It just really kind of spreads, spreads the word about, about the music, you know. And just let's talk about Hendrix for a minute. What's interesting to me about Hendrix is in different perspectives when you may first hear Hendrix you might be like whoa you know this is really whack you know and stuff like that <laughs> and the fact that he he's a left-handed guitarist playing a right-handed guitar upside down is a great metaphor for how he brought sounds out of an instrument that nobody else heard before and and he really explored that I mean if you ever listen to um, the thing he did at Woodstock, which was, I, I think, uh, you know, the Star Spangled Banner or something like that, where he made it sound like jet engines and stuff like that. It was just, just kind of floors you when you think about what a great imagination, you know, he had to, to expose that to his craft. So, anyway, I digress. So, um, coming in, coming into the program today, uh, our audience heard Rosewood. So, if you want to just tell us, you know, how that came about for you, um, how the how you approached the muse with that particular song, um, I, I think they'd be interested in that. Of course. So, I think I've been writing songs, I guess, since I since I picked up guitar when I was thirteen, twelve, okay. that age range. 
and the guitar was always uh, a mechanism for me to express myself. And as I've grown older and developed my voice, I, I found a lot of joy in just, not even guitar, but picking up different samples and different sounds and just learning how to play bass and drums and just do everything on my own. Oh, wow. Okay. And I feel like Rosewood is the first song that's a culmination of all the sounds that have been in my head in an organized way, more okay. or less. It implements, this is the first time I've ever, I feel like I've proper sampled strings. I, I have a whole string section that I sampled. On top of that, I have this blossoming guitar solo, which I feel like is maybe some of my best playing, but mm. this was the, the first song of a handful that I wrote where I was like, wow, I feel like I'm finally starting to to understand what I'm trying to say as a musician. Like, I know my stance. Right. Now, now in learning your instrument and also now songwriting, did you also pick up the technology to record as well and mix? It sounds like you did. Like, you mix things together. You kind of, you know, you're your own producer, writer, and everything else. Is that what you did? Of course, Steve, yes. Um, it's a huge loophole, you know, just finding the right equipment and everything. But, you know, when I first started guitar, all I did to, to write songs, I just had, you know, like the standard Apple uh, earbuds and just that, that yeah, small sure. microphone. That's the right. only thing I record. I, re I record, recorded my acoustic guitar on that in my voice. And it's really just um, the bare maximum. That's what uh, Steve Lacey <laughs> says, who I listen to a lot. But it's just, it's really that, making the most of what you have. I sure. have a lot of friends come over and they're like, you're only using one microphone? Or they're like, where are all your pedals at? And it's <laughs> like, it's just ruling out what, what is a necessity to you and, and really just, just honing in on, on, on the bare maximum, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's funny when you say, you know, where, where are your pedals at? As a knucklehead guitarist myself, early on when, when you should be woodshedding and, and learning, learning all your exercises and, and, and scales and what have you, and then you get this shiny pedal that's like, this will make me, <laughs> this will make me. A wonderful guitarist you know and stuff like that and and I, I love the fact that you're really you start out basically the opposite no let's learn the, let's learn the craft and let's learn let's learn what I can do with with the bare guitar and then kind of go with it and then then I can experiment with things but it's 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 interesting too in that what I found particularly with this podcast you know I struggled with my room in that I'm like Oh, there's like a weird echo. And I have a small office here on Long Island. And, you know, I had a, a inexpensive microphone because I had no budget. And uh, I eventually saved up and bought a decent microphone, which I have now. But I had a friend tell me, he goes, yeah, it's not your microphone. It's your room. It's your room. And so I put sound panels up. And, you know, he had extra sound panels in his shed. So I'm like, oh, I hung them up one day. And, man, it made, made a big difference, you know. You're a disaster before you're a master, I guess, when you come down to it, you know. I love that. A disaster <laughs> before you're a master. I've yeah. never heard of that, Steve. I'm still waiting to become a master, so it's, uh, <laughs> it's you know, eventually, maybe. Hey, let's, let's, let's do this, Tyler. Let's just take a quick break. And we, when we come back, I really want to uh, expand upon the movie that you did, your story, and which I think is a fantastic story of, of overcoming struggles. And I'll leave that as a bit of a mystery for our audience who don't know you yet. And uh, we'll be right back with Tyler Ransom. Hang with us, everybody. There's a lot more to come. At the Long Island Sound, we're much more than a podcast. We're building a community. 
please go to gigdestiny.com. Check out all our social media links. Subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast. Please comment. Call the listener line. Tell us what you think, what questions we should ask, who we should have on the show. And most of all, we thank you for your generous support. And remember, support the artists who are guests on the show. Now back to the podcast. Hey, everybody. We're back with Tyler Ransom. He's got a great story. And i got to ask this. This is coming to my mind, Tyler. Are you an introvert or an extrovert? I'm, a, I'm an introvert. I'm an introvert. Okay. All right. All right. So i got a challenge to pull stuff out of you. So i got to think about asking the right question. Tell us your story because you, it's, it's a beautiful story about overcoming difficulties. And there's a documentary called In the Shed uh, that was done on Tyler about three years ago. There's going to be links to it uh, down in the description, so I encourage everybody to go see it. So tell us your story. Yeah, of course. So when I was about 16 to 18 months old, I was diagnosed with a kidney illness called nephrotic syndrome. Okay. And what that basically means, um, my kidneys shut on and off. You know, the filtering system isn't all the way there. Um, okay. Let's put it really short. I basically pee out the good stuff my body needs and the bad stuff stays oh. in my body. And gotcha. Sometimes that can lead to huge fluid retention all over my body where I swell up and gain 15 to 30 pounds of excess water fluid the next morning. You know, my eyes wow, get swollen okay. shut. My legs get so um, swollen that I can't wear my pants. Uh, we, call it, we call that a relapse. And okay. growing up, I had, I had relapse often, and I had to be put on lots of medication. And, you know, it was really hard just trying to, to just grow up to, mm. to have um, a quote-unquote normal childhood when I had to, to go to the hospital every, every other week, get blood transfusions done in middle school and dealing with a lot of that adversity. Right. So come about you know fifth grade, I'm, I'm ending elementary school, my father and I had the idea to start a foundation called Healing Tyler. Um, okay. Nephrotic syndrome doesn't have a cure, so our idea was to turn my passion at the time, which was mixed martial arts, which is still my passion, um, to use that as a vehicle to spread awareness for this disease. So okay. what we would do, this is the early stages of YouTube, we'd find different UFC fighters in their MMA gyms in the area. And okay. I'd pack a bag with my gi and all my medications, and he would bring his camera. And we would go to these different gyms, and I'd roll with these fighters, and then afterwards I'd sit down take out my medication and just and spread awareness about nephrotic syndrome. I would tell them what I go through, the medications I take on a day-to-day basis, and he'd film it and he'd put it on YouTube and that would that would um that would sow the seeds of, yeah. of how big awareness would become. Yes. Nice. And, and it and became oh, what were you gonna say, Steve? No, so is there still no cure? There's still no cure yet, no. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. That's all right. But um, as more and more of these fighters were, were getting awareness, we realized we were getting a lot of traction, you know. Um, There's this one particular video I rolled with Ronda Rousey, and that sort of brought in a lot of people because at the time, you know, a lot of people were, were just hopping on the Ronda Rousey bandwagon. Okay. And we were just, we were hearing all these different stories from all these parents and other kids around the world that were saying, you know, Tyler, we, we have this illness too, and we don't really know what to do. 
but mm. VCU and your passion for mixed martial arts. And our parents won't let us do exercise, but now we're just walking down the block for the first time today. You know, we're not just staying home. And it was really beautiful because I was like, wow, like there are kids out there that, that deal with the same things as me and I'm sort of being right. a voice for them. And you know, yeah, I come and, and oh. I'm sorry, I cut you off too. No, and you're you're setting you're setting the example of you can you can do things, you know. And I think from what I'm hearing, it really started with your parents to encourage you to go out there. But it's interesting that you had parents that said, you know, let's 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 have a battle. <laughs> Literally, right? Literally. Literally with the MMA. But really what you were battling was the can't do it type of thing and what a great inspiration so wow so you're still you're still fighting the fight right still fighting the fight but also yeah i wouldn't be where i am today without the support of my father and my mother it's i I have such a great support group and family i'm very appreciative of it and then music comes in because i picked up the guitar right you know during this very while healing tyler was you know still going was still finding its footsteps, you know, people are beginning to, to email, we're starting to make that thing, the, the, we're starting to make connections with, with everyone around the world. And I suddenly found my passion, not, not leaving MMA and, and moving to, to music, but I've, I just found another passion with, with music. Sure. And I found, my, I found myself in the hospital more in middle school. Mm. And I couldn't necessarily, you know, I can't do mixed martial arts in the hospital, but what I can do, I can bring my guitar in and practice. I can right, look up YouTube right. videos of, of Stevie Ray Vaughan and, and Muddy Waters and, and just be like, okay, I see what they're doing. Let me implement that when I get healthy. And guitar just became a safe place for me, similar to how jiu-jitsu was a safe place for me. And music, music healed me, you know. Yeah, There yeah. were days I couldn't go to school. My eyes were so swollen but I, I had Band of Gypsies on vinyl, and I just listened to that, you know, and nice. that killed me. You know. that's, that's, that's great, because it, what I find so interesting about that, about being debilitated for whatever reason and fighting back and going through, you know, I'm sure it's painful, right, you know, with your joints and, and what have you. Have, have things settled down now that you're through adolescence, pretty much, um, as far as, your able, uh, your ability to manage uh, the disease is—is—is—is is, is, is there a way that you can live your life and say, you know, it's—it's. It's, I may, I may have, a, have a, I may rebound from this, but I can manage it to a degree. Is that a fair question? Yeah, I've definitely learned how how to live with it. I've learned to not view it as as a weakness, but as just a learning tool for those around me. You know, I haven't okay. had a relapse, and in a year or so, you know, knock on wood. But mm-hmm. when that time comes, you know, I'm, my, my doctors and I are so close, I have them, I have them on speed dial. Right. But I just, yeah, it's, it's become just a, an extension of myself at this point, something I'm, right. I'm learning how to still find a balance of. Of wow. living, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, just living, right? And then, uh, yeah, just, just, just interesting. And being a voice for something that's extremely rare, but you know what? It easily ties into other people that have struggles, okay, or perceived obstacles, and say, "Yeah, this may be a roadblock here, but you can turn yourself a little bit in this direction and pursue your passions." You know, 
So I, I assume you didn't have people in your circle saying, you can't do that. Oh, you know, it's too dangerous. You know, I, it looked like you probably got more encouragement to, to do this. And you're, and you're, you're a kid. You're, <laughs> you're a young man. I mean, you got a great life ahead of you. So, you know, um, but uh, you do you have, have to do have dialysis or anything like that or no? Uh, I didn't have to do dialysis, but but throughout high school, I did have a, a few blood transfusions. Not blood transfusions. I had transfusions done in high school. Okay, is that where they like filter it out and put it back in type of thing? That's more or so not? where they have um, the medication through the IV, and I have to sit in the hospital for about six to eight hours throughout the day, and it's just coming to me through an IV. Wow! Wow! Interesting. Wow. And you know what? Thank God we're in New York. They have the, the best health care uh, and the best doctors are right here in New York. You don't have to travel, obviously, to get it done. So, all right. So now, so the mo the movie, the documentary is The Shed. Now I'm very intrigued. I want to just stop the interview now and just watch the movie. <laughs> but, uh, I'm kidding. No. Um, but now, in, you, in hearing your story, I'm going to look at your mute or hear your music in a different light. You know, maybe I'll be interpreting my own my own uh, soundscapes into it but um, hey let's talk about I, I want to jump into your music because you're, you're absolutely amazing uh, of, of what I've heard about you and being compared to Jimi Hendrix uh, early on afro or not you know yeah. is, 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 uh, is a high bar to reach so tell me about the song Killing Me and let's jump right in and have the audience here <laughs> and by the way by the way just let me give you a preamble I never ask an artist. So tell me, what's that? What's that song about? For one reason, that that would steal away how somebody might embrace the song into their own story. You know, of course. Um, yeah, I mean, we know about your struggles, and that's fine. But um, I, let me ask you a different way. How did the muse strike you, and what was your process for doing the song "Killing Me"? I love it. I okay. I started all my songs with just me and a guitar in hand, you know, how it's okay. always been. And I, I found these chords that, let me backtrack. It, one of the mm -hmm. hardest things I found about going to music school was actually feeling inspired. You know, I'm surrounded by such talented players all day long. By the time I go home, uh, sometimes I don't even want to pick up guitar anymore because I'm like... <laughs> Because you're comparing, you do what we you do what we all do. We all compare too much, right? I'm human, yes. And it's yeah, like yeah. I've listened to so much music today that I've had to like listen for like the minor third in it or the specific scale that it's like I'm I'm tired. <laughs> and I realized coming into music school that I no longer uh, this since picking up guitar, my whole thing has become ch to to become the next Jimi Hendrix. You know, I've been chasing that high of like, I want to be the best player. I want to do the craziest things. If you look up footage of me in high school, I was playing guitar with my teeth and behind my head because I was so set on becoming the next Jimi Hendrix. And it took me to come to music school to realize, oh, I'm not trying to become the next Jimi Hendrix. My whole thing, I'm not only trying to become myself, but I just want to be listenable at the end of the day. I want to be the artist that that I would put on after a whole day listening to so much music. That means a lot to me. Oh, I yeah. want to ask you this question. You talked earlier about finding your voice. Were you talking about your literal voice or how you voice the guitar? Or is it both? Uh, both. But okay. I would say, especially in my early days, it, 
I wasn't even thinking about singing. It was it was strictly just finding the voice on my guitar. You okay. Know, how much I should bend a particular note. How many Jimi Hendrix inspired licks I can do in the span of ten seconds. You know things <laughs> like that. You said the muse comes to you with the guitar, so it's the melody and and the structure of the song that comes first, and then. What do you do? Do you, do you search for a title? you search for a theme? You're waiting for it to hit you, like you're playing along and are your thoughts wandering? And you go, oh, this is about sadness or this is about whatever. How did it go, How did it go in this particular song? Where did, where did you get the lyrics for it? For me, chords are everything. Um, okay. I hear chords first and things like that. So when I wrote this song and I had the guitar chords done, I just put them on a loop pedal I was soloing mm -hmm. for a bit, and I was like, what, what do these make me feel? What am I trying to experience with this? And I sort of just wrote words that associated with the feeling I was getting from listening to it. And that's sort of how okay. the song came, came through. It wasn't very artificial. It was, it was very just natural how it just came to me. It was, I was letting emotion be the guiding hand. That, that's cool because in a way that's what that's what guides the audience right what what emotion what you emote from from listening to it um, so that's a, that's a great starting point so listen I can feel the audience wanting to hear the song killing me so let's let them hear killing me and then we'll come back and we'll chat about a few other things I got I got lots of questions for you so I hope you're prepared I check out <laughs> check out killing me we'll be right back everyone and who
We're back with Ty- Tyler Ransom, by the way, which is his real name. It's not a stage name, I found out. It's really Ransom. So that's that's kind of cool. But, you know, <laughs> um, where were we going? We were talking about influences and, and uh, during the break between each other, and, and I was spouting off how I see encouragement. And it sounds like you have beautiful parents and family who surround you, not only through the difficulties, um, you know, with the kidney disease, but inspiring you to, you know, uh, follow your passions, you know, and that that's a great thing, you know, particularly when I think anybody who's got obstacles in front of them health-wise, uh, it's very easy to put guardrails around that person, whether it's the person puts the guardrails around themselves or uh, the people looking to protect them. When, uh, you know, I'm a parent, so... Uh, we looked at Debbie and I, and I have a daughter, Faith, who's a, such a beautiful person, that, you know, my job is to teach her how to fly, you know. And, you know, even though Dad made these different, you know, fell out of the nest a couple of times, uh, being metaphorical here, uh, nice. I still need to teach her to fly, not to just stay in the nest and, and uh, you know, uh, you know, go out into the world and get these experiences. So I'm so happy about the trajectory of your craft and your and your life, and I encourage everybody, and I do this with all guests. But really, you're such a phenomenal player, and and uh, I, there's just so much ahead of you. I'm very very happy for you. You know where where you can go with with your craft and and having and being in New York City, you're surrounded. One, you're going to school for music, so you, you got all these great musicians around you, and we're always comparing. But then you have the musicians who are playing about town. Tell me about that. Tell me about how you play with other people and, and some, of the, some of the connections you've made and what kind of influence it have on you. Like, when did you, fir- when did you first, you know, forget high school. Well, high school wasn't that far al- away. But when did you go out and really first gig and get paid for it? Oh, man. When did it, well, I did that during high school. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> did that yeah, during yeah, high school. Suck. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I could, my first time here in the city... Um, the first time I, I ever gigged, I was actually backing up a vocalist friend. She needed a guitar accompanist, and mm-hmm. that was my first time ever, you know, not being. This is gonna come off. This is gonna come across like really like snobby. But this is my first time not being in the spotlight. Right. So sure. Was, this is. I've I had to learn how to how to play, how to play as, a support, as a support. How to support vocalist that wasn't myself. Right. How to not take you know crazy. 10 minutes solo but to just to just lightly do fills here and there and sure that was my first my first quote-unquote gig in, in the city and you know after i got the paycheck in the show i was like hmm. a little bit of like a jazz guitarist now you know <laughs> it felt right. nice it felt nice now you got to join the union yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh so did you grow up outside of the city and i grew up in california los angeles oh i'm sorry Oh God! And, and then you came here, and it's what a culture shock. It was. I was wondering. You know what? I was wondering, why is this guy so nice? <laughs> and why is he so pleasant? Now, it, now it's coming. To... <laughs> no, I, I get that a lot. Whenever I meet people here, they're like, mm, "You would be from from LA. You have that. Yeah. that you have that beach voice." <laughs> yeah, and you know what? And we all nod our head. He'll learn. He'll learn. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I, what? Yeah, why'd you come to New York? Sorry. Um, I, it was for university. I came here for university. Oh, okay. To be honest, it wasn't even, 
I was at, I was at a, a prior institution, and, and I went to UC Davis for, for a whole year. Okay. And I just realized that wasn't for me, and I had no intention of going to New York at all. And then I just I heard of the new school. Nir Felder taught there, who was one of my favorite favorite players, and mm-hmm. you know I sort of just packed my bags and I left. I went to went to New York. Wow. And you know what? You leave your family and your support. Well, I assume family didn't come with you, right? You leave your support system. That freaks them out. I mean, I remember when I first left the house, my mom, my mom was like crying, like, you know, I was like 19 years old, you know, didn't know anything. <laughs> you know, I, I survived amazingly. Um, but it's a big, it's a big, it's a big leap. But now, so now you're at the center of the world, which is New York and it's really Brooklyn and we, you know, Manhattan's like, you know, the <laughs> sidecar to it, but there's so many great great players here uh so you're starting to besides school are you, you you know how do you find the musical community or or not i don't know maybe it's you're, you're so new to new how long have you been in new york now it's third year second year it's it's about my third year yeah third year all right so you're starting second. to get into the community you meet other musicians who are out and about or how's that going for you of course it's all to be honest at all some of it's centered around other kids that were my age that that came from Los Angeles okay. that you know, I had a few mutuals with. And some of it came from just people in my program and just going with them to shows and going, bringing my guitar and going to the jam session that was at the jazz club at the ne- next to the venue like three hours later. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really just playing. It's so beautiful how supportive we are of one another. Oh, God. And yeah, I, I agree with you. It, it, it is amazing. You know, so I'm not a professional guitarist, and everyone who knows me would say, yeah, he's absolutely not a professional guitarist. <laughs> but but what I found through the podcast is inter- interviewing artists like yourself, and I'm not blowing smoke up your skirt, but very generous. One, we're talking about what we love, and when we're done, they're like, oh, you got to talk to so-and-so. I have a friend who's this, oh, they have some great stories, and, and you know, and they do see it as a platform to kind of expose their music and, you know, it's the new YouTube of, you know, wrestling, you know, uh, MMA, um, hopefully. Right? At least that's what I'm banking on. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I've been getting a lot of referrals, and it's, it's a lot of fun. And they're very supportive, you know. So uh, I've met some really great, great people. Um, I'm, I'm just – see, I'm taking out my crystal ball, okay, mm-hmm. Tyler, and I'm looking, and I'm going, all right, this is where this, is where, this, is where this guy's going to go. And I'm, I'm pretty on board. And, you know, if I'm not, then, you know, no one's going to remember, so – Nice. <laughs> so you get, so you get, so you got a lot on your plate. I mean, you got school, you got to take care of your health. You're, you're, you're woodshedding your instrument six hours a day. Unbelievable. I believe you. Unbelievable. Right. No. I think, I think, I think yeah. So what are you, what are your plans? Oh man. That's, that's the question. Well, let me take, wants. let me, I'll, I'll ask it a different way. What are your dreams? My dreams. Um, yeah. I'm sort of living it right now. <laughs> I am able to to play guitar. I'm able to to uh, I'm able to play music and and make friends along the way and just follow my own voice. You know, it's a, I'm very appreciative that I'm even in this opportunity that I get to live this life because I know others can't. So I just want to be the voice for them, and I want to keep on writing music that feels true to me. And keep on bringing the guitar into its own its own world. Yeah. 
Well, you notice you're, you're, you're uh, one of the keys to life, and I get on the soapbox every once in a while, so I'm going to apologize right off the bat. Mm. But uh, and my, I learned this from my daughter, and she's really good at it. It's really counting, counting your blessings. Starting from a position of counting your blessings, particularly when you do that in the morning, can set you on the right path for the day, even in the evening when you kind of go, okay, this is what I did wrong today. This is what I did good today, and let's continue to do good and try not to do the bad type of thing so once you have that perspective on life that's it's man the world is your oyster and to go and attack it but the other thing i, I want to bring up too and this is just an observation having interviewed younger artists like yourself on the on on the road up right uh on a great journey and the artists who i, I look at different silos i've looked at the artists who've reached their crossroads they're good at what they've done they didn't get that huge break uh, and it became, do I do the nightlife with the music or the family life? Because now I have a family and mortgage and that sort of thing. That's one aspect of it. But the thing that keeps continuing is they can still play music with their friends in their community till they're in their 80s and 90s. I'm telling you, it's just, I mean, I've seen all the videos. Okay, you know, a guy goes into uh, Sam Ash and breaks out the guitar and they're like, oh, look at this old guy. And he's like, you know, noodling away. And because uh, he can, you know, and play with his friends. And I think that's a, a real blessing, you know, when you look at it, you know. Of course. Yeah. That's yeah. what it's all so, about. Community. Yeah, absolutely. And then when, you, when you're in the music community, and I'm a sidecar in the music community, um, but I, I, I appreciate what people do and what, so one of the things that I like about singer-songwriters is that you help articulate things that I've gone through, recall, uh, might be feeling at the moment, and that's with the, the way that you start music with the, you know, where's this feeling of the chord driving me, then I'll throw the lyrics in is an interesting aspect because then it becomes reciprocal, you know, to the audience out there. So yeah. that's my whole philosophy on music, and I'll write a, a short book one day on it. So. Mm. <laughs> hey, I tell us, that. so um, you got school. Man, you got a lot going on. I'm probably keeping you from your study, so I apologize. Um, so, are you are you don't are you taking a break during the summer, and um, or do you continue studies through the summer as well? Oh no, I, I have my summer break. But um, when I was in high school, my jazz band teacher told us that summer is when people don't really practice, so that's when you should be practicing the most. So okay. I may be, I'm done with school in the summer, but I get. Believe it or not, I get most of my practicing. I really hammer everything down during the summer. Right. Would you consider playing any festivals and stuff like that during the summer? Oh, for sure. That would be that would be a dream as well, to, to add on right. to the dream I'm living. Yes. Okay. All right. So we should talk about that offline, uh, and particularly some of, not that I know all these great people, but I know a few people. And sometimes you just need an introduction to say, hey, check this guy out. You know, and then you go play with them at their home, or whatever, and then you see, you see where it goes. You know, just you make connections. I think that what I'm learning, and it's kind of like a business thing too, is you op if you're open yourself to opportunities and don't say no to a lot of things and kind of see where it goes, and particularly network actively, not passively. Meaning, look to like we're doing now, right? This is kind of a networking thing, getting your name out. But looking for those opportunities to say, oh, this might be 
uh, a good way that I can help somebody like you've done, okay, or a good opportunity for me to play, you know, in, in something different. I think that that's that's the way to go. That's the old man giving the young man advice. How do you like that? I love it. It's, it's <laughs> nice. <laughs> so let's do, let's do this. Let's take another little quick break, and then when we come back, let's talk about the third song you brought to the table, and we'll go from there. All right, brother? All right, brother. All right. Hang with us, everybody. More to come. Hi, Steve Yusko from Gig Destiny here. Well, as you're probably listening to this podcast, you're probably thinking about that musician who would make a fantastic guest here on the Long Island Sound. But we'd like to hear their story. We'd like to hear their music. So have them reach out to us at gigdestiny.com and we'll explore their craft. Now, back to our podcast. Hey, everybody. We're back with Tyler Ransom after that short break. And uh, I was joking about my crystal ball, but I wasn't joking about my crystal ball because I think Tyler is, is really got a star that is uh, really rising. So I really appreciate, Tyler, you giving me the time through your studies, and, and I hope I'm not pulling you away from your guitar practice. Um, but uh, we, I, I really want to touch on, because I think it's interesting how things have changed in the music industry. When I was a kid, Everybody came out with an album, and we ate the album up, the vinyl, you know, till till the needle wore out on the on the record player. But now it's kind of changed. People still come out with albums, but a lot of the younger artists and a lot of the newer artists are doing, you know, EP, uh, you know, uh, EPs, you know, three to five songs, that sort of thing. And then I've seen, and I had the Como Brothers, who you got to meet these guys. They're great. They like the Everly Brothers. They put nice. out two songs a month. And they're consistent with their, they're consistent with doing their social media to a point that YouTube's now paying them per reel, thirty second wow. reel that they pull out. Yeah, because now they're influencers, which, it's kooky. I mean, it's great because there aren't many income stream. This is an odd statement, but streaming your music is not going to make you thousands and thousands unless you freaking hit it or somebody takes your song or something happens. Really, it's the gigging stuff seems to be the the way that artists are making money early on or selling merch, which is another weird thing. But tell me about your social media experience with your career and your songwriting and that sort of thing. How do you do it? What do you do? Um, so I started off, you know, I just post guitar clips just nonstop. And it honestly took me about a year to realize, oh, wait, I should focus on the quality, not the quantity. This whole okay. time I thought if I, if I have a bunch of guitar videos, it gives people a lot to look at. So I scrapped everything, and then I started doing, you know, like maybe one post per week. And then I realized what was getting traction were the songs that I was actually passionate about that I was covering. So hmm. I began to be like, okay, so people like, when they can tell that I enjoy it. So then I just started honing out different songs I like, uh, different phrasing that, I, that, that felt true to me. Okay. And, and then it was just trusting the music, trusting that the people that have begun to listen to music will, will, keep, will tell their friends about it and things like that. And that's mm -hmm. sort of how I got my guitar page soulful playing to over 3.5 thousand followers. What, you know, what, 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 what? How many? 3,500. 3, 
you're going to be you, you're going to be oh you got to do the theme song to the Long Island Sound podcast then. Uh. I mean, we got a partnership going here. I'm going to ride your coattails, brother, as as best I can. I'm kidding. Of course. But that's that, that's great. Which platform, by the way, is do you have a primary platform? Or are you doing it on TikTok and and uh, Instagram? And, and so, what's what's your preference? Or maybe you don't it have was, it was Instagram. I mean, okay. it, it still continues to be Instagram. It's it's soulful playing. It's my guitar account that I post me playing guitar on, and you know, it's taken me. It's over. It's been over six years now. But those are all the followers I have, and it's like a strong community because we all like the same music and. I just bring something else to the table, and it took me a while to find what, I don't want to say what niche is best to me, but mm -hmm. it took me a while to, to figure out what people gravitate towards that I also gravitate towards, and how to be the voice in that rather than the follower, okay. and that's something I continue to do. Yeah, that's, that's what's interesting about, and particularly podcasting too, it's, it's a very niche thing. Um, you don't want to be all things to all people, but you know, finding your voice in social media that builds community. And you actually started out early with the YouTube videos a long time ago, uh, with with the MMA stuff. So interesting uh, if there was a tie-in that built community that bridged off into your music when you bridged off into music. Um, so that's you know, you built a brand really at 21. It's pretty pretty cool, you know. So let's let's do this. Let's talk about Teaspoon, the next song our audience is going to hear. Tell us a little bit about that, and we'll have the audience hear the song. Um, once again, it came out for me playing guitar and just being like, what is speaking to me right now? Mm -hmm. I think a common denominator you'll find with, I guess, all my songs is is the guitar is the the leading, the guiding light in all of it. You know, I'm okay. following where the guitar takes me, and. The solo, the guitar solo I feel in this one, this was the first time I was like, let me actually breathe in this, you know, let me breathe in this guitar okay. solo. I can't just keep like hammering down licks, the listener's going to be like crying, but let mm -hmm. me just be me, let me just do what feels right to me, and I feel like the song is, is my backseat, it's my, it's just, it's my, it's my chill song, you know, after a whole right, day cool. of playing jazz this is a song i go back to and sometimes just play for myself and i'm like i'm a writer i did this <laughs> excellent all right let's take a listen to teaspoon and we'll be back with tyler ransom check it out everyone it's us are you oh yeah it's true and i waited waited for you and i'm all about it's too late I Sixteen whole days used to 
Hey, everybody. We are back with Tyler Ransom. And I got to tell everybody this. There's, we just hit the tip of the iceberg with Tyler Ransom and your story. I encourage everybody to see the documentary on, on you. That's the first thing. That's the next thing that I'm going to watch. And uh, I'm going to actually look at your Instagram stuff, too. I want to see I want to see a noodle around to see uh, uh, see what you're doing. And, uh, you know, what's interesting in, in you going through school and attacking social media and getting your name out there and stuff like that. That's the way to do it these days. And I think I think it's great. But I, I really um, I really want to thank you for your time. Uh, today and for uh, sharing your art and us talking about music and getting into things. Uh, I would love to have you back, Tyler, um, you know, when you're done with your studies, because I'm going to be accused of, you know, yeah, I failed this because I was podcasting. Um, <laughs> but I'd love to have you back because I think there's so much more to explore with uh, with what you're doing. And I really, I really want to thank you for being here. Of course, Steve. Thank you for having me. You're You're a very refreshing host. Thanks a lot. And hey, I'm working with an introvert. He did pretty good. So (laughs) (laughs) it's all good, Tyler. I wish you all the best. And uh, till next time, peace, everybody. Peace and love. Thank you for joining us today. I appreciate the time you spent with us. Please subscribe and comment and visit us at gigdestiny.com. Till next time, be generous with your joy. Keep your spirits high and let the music take you on a journey. Be well. Peace.